Hey everyone, this is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. Man, we made it. <laughs> yeah, we're here. Happy 2021. I feel pretty good. I hope you guys feel pretty good. This is a new year with new beginnings. When I left off last year, which was like only two weeks ago that I aired my last podcast, I told you guys that I had moved to a different salon, Northwest 21 Salon. And I had my first day. I was going to start on the second, but I actually started December 27th. Had my first day. It was very quiet because it was only me. And then my client showed up and it felt good. It felt really good. It feels homey. It's smaller. So a little bit more intimate. And my clients, they really liked it. I had two clients on the 27th and both of them really liked the space. So I'm glad that I made the move. And my husband actually has a brand new job as well. He has been an accountant for seven and a half years. He interned for about a year at his company. And he has finally made the move to go to a different firm. And it was not an easy decision for him, but... I'm hoping with this move, and I really truly believe that he will have a better work and home life balance and the ability to be there more for me and the kids. So I'm really proud of him. He's an extremely hard worker, and I'm really looking forward to him working at this new firm. So that's that. That's where we're at. Oh, and I started a bullet journal. My friend Georgie told me about it, and actually it's pretty fun. I think I might post it on my Instagram and then also my website. So uh, talking about accountability, trying to be a little bit more positive. So yeah, it's been really fun. Um, so anyways, to kick off the brand new year, last year was kind of for the podcast. It's like, okay, I want to be a salon owner. And then after my kids got bigger... It's like, okay, that's not possible right now. And of course, with COVID, although there are some people opening salons during COVID, which is great. I realized that this year I would like to have a particular focus for the podcast. And this is something that is incredibly important to me. And I hope for owners and I also hope for maybe other stylists, maybe this might not be as important, but it is to me. And that is to have strong leadership. I don't do well if there is no strong leadership. I'm just like, what's going on? I don't feel as valued or as important. Maybe that's a very self-centered thing or maybe it's being too dependent on somebody else's feelings or whatever, you know, but I've always felt that there is something to be said with having strong leadership for your companies. Uh, doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small, but it's just that feeling knowing that the individual or individuals that have that business care for their business, which means 
they care for their employees or they care for their staff or they care for the people that are leasing. So that's what this year is going to be about. I have already three salon owners lined up and I want to ask them, why did they open a salon? What makes them different? Do they feel like leadership is important? Do they see themselves as a leader? So yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of curious because maybe my view of leadership is kind of different than somebody else's view on leadership. So yeah. Oh, and then I got a really great interview with Della Ray of Oregon Women's Health, which is really exciting. So that's that. That's what this year is going to be focused on. So for my first guest, she is not from Portland. She is actually from Pennsylvania. And I found her from a podcast that she does. This was like before I actually had my podcast. I was listening to other podcasts and I really liked hers a lot. It's called In Demand Hairstylist. And she has a salon. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty much a badass. She, this woman is a badass. Has a salon, has a podcast. Her salon is called Contempo Artistry Salon. And she's a mother also, which is really cool. Her name is Kristen Broly. And the reason why I want to interview her is she's so freaking inspiring and positive. <laughs> and I've talked to her three times. Like I've talked to her about probably a year, a year and a half ago. And then I called her up again. I think it's like, yeah, three times. And then we did the interview and I just love it. She's so positive, very hard worker. I do, what I really like about her is she has a system with her salon. Her salon is commission only because it is not legal to booth rent in Pennsylvania. Although they now have Sola salons that stylists can work. So yeah, this is Kristen Veroli, owner of Contempo Artistries and podcaster for In Demand Hairstylist. And this interview was done on Sunday, December 6th of 2020. All right, everybody, I am with Kristen Veroli, owner of Contempo Artistry's Salon in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and she is the creator of the podcast In Demand Hairstylist, which actually, that's how I found you. So cool. So yeah. cool. <laughs> so that was, I, I don't know if it was like a year and a half ago or two years ago. And I was never really a big podcast listener, but then I started to get into like hair podcasts and then I found yours and I absolutely love your voice and the oh. positivity. Yeah. The positivity that oh. you kind of mm -hmm. share. And it was really neat because I think that was even when I was considering doing a podcast myself and yeah. you just, yeah, I, I shot you a DM through Instagram and then we started talking and then didn't talk for a while. And then I joined your Facebook group, which is what's the Facebook group again? So the Facebook group is, um, the in-demand hairstylist. Okay. That's right. It's just a private Facebook group for mostly the followers of the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of the podcast listeners are in that group, but it's also just my community of hairstylists that I know from networking throughout the years. That's and stuff, so great. And you've yeah. done a lot, like I'm following your journey and that's why I'm so excited 
to have you on the show so I can pick your brain and then also so you can share your journey with everybody else. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I'm an open book, so uh, I'm happy great. to share. Okay, so first starting out, um, now your mom was a hairstylist, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. In fact, um, so we actually, the story is sort of funny because my mom does hair. Um, she doesn't any longer, but when we started out together, um, you know, I've been doing hair for gosh, like it's probably been 18 years now, mm -hmm. 17 years, 2003, whatever that is. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I, um, basically I, I left college after one semester and my mom was like, look, you've always enjoyed doing hair. Like mm -hmm. you've always played around with your friend's hair. Why don't we go check out the beauty school? And so I was like, I don't know. And, and so anyways, long story short, we ended up going, she took me, we looked at the beauty school and she was like, you know what? This is amazing. Maybe I'll go too. Oh my God. So, okay. So wait a minute. She wasn't even a hairstylist. Like she actually, right. oh my God. Right. So it's really funny. So people are always like, oh, you followed in your mom's footsteps, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. We grew up, my mom would cut our hair in the garage. She mm -hmm. was always like, I was the hot mess express. Like she would be like doing foil, like, you oh, know, in so the cat in our kitchen. So it's like, she was always that create, like she's so creative and she always did our hair growing up. Cause we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't go to the hair salon to get our hair done. Um, when I was younger. So yeah, she's always been super creative. And so when, when we went to check it out, she totally fell in love with it. And we we actually ended up going to beauty school together. And so our journey is sort of interesting because we started our careers off at the same time, mm -hmm. we worked at different salons. Um, and then there just came a point where she was really like kind of encouraging me to open up my own salon. And, mm. and we started that journey together. She was there. Um, she was in the salon doing hair for probably the first couple of years, then sort mm -hmm. of did the back end work of like the books and things mm. like that um, until her and my dad actually moved to Charlotte, um, you know, and, and so that's when the business changed a lot, but yeah, it, it's funny. My mom and I went to beauty school together. Did you so. guys take the same classes? Oh yeah. 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 So you're in the haircutting class and the coloring class. How yeah. was that? Like I, I argue with my mom. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. Like if you, so it's funny because when we graduated, I don't know how it was a year, but like during graduation, everybody always got this like award. Mm -hmm. Um, and it would be like just a quirky fun award that had something to do with your personality. And so my mom and I got the award, um, the like mother, not so like daughter award. Oh, that's awesome. Or polar opposites. Um, when it comes to the way that we interact with people and stuff, mm -hmm. but she was way cooler than I was. She was like so totally funny. hanging out with all the cool girls in school. And like, um, she just, I was just like kind of quiet, head down focused. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's kind of like the party girl and Aww. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. So, but we had fun. Like we, we jived together, but definitely people will ask me that, like, how was it working with your mom or, you know, running the salon with your mom? And there were definitely days when we butt heads for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say my mom and I have we're so close. We're like best friends, but mm -hmm. we can take each other in small doses. Like we yeah. can't live in the same house together or oh, yeah. work in the same salon together. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been fun though. Uh, well really quick. Did you guys do any funky colors on each other in school? Um, like I was into fashion colors, so I don't yeah, know. You know, your work is amazing. And oh, so thank you. Oh, absolutely. Like it's, 
stunning what you do and what you create. And so, yeah, you can tell that's totally your jam, but I, I didn't, I never play around with those funky, crazy, cool colors. Mm-hmm. Like I love your hair now, like red, oh, yeah. yellow, and orange. So cool. Um, I'd say probably the craziest thing that I did to my hair. And, and again, we have to remember this was like, you know, close to 20 years ago, Yeah. Um, but I went bleach blonde and did like this crazy, like 180 degree haircut, which is so like molody, mm-hmm. which the time was trendy then totally not and now I feel like it's now it's trendy I love oh, it yeah yeah so I pretty much have that haircut with like bleach blonde that's probably the craziest oh, that's cool. I feel like when you're in beauty school that's what you do you it, just yeah and did did your mom do a lot of experiments on her hair oh yeah for sure now that's she cool. is definitely more into like the reds like she's red copper like she's played around putting like the funky colors in her oh, hair awesome. so that gives you an idea of sort of how different we are oh that's great I yeah. love that yeah now how long have you guys owned or how long have you owned the salon yeah. um Contempo artistries so in September we celebrated 13 years that's great yeah And you have solely owned it for the last, is it the seven years, last seven years? Uh, yeah. So, well, I've all like, so I opened the business as my own. Um, and then my mom kind of was in on that journey at the beginning. Um, but yeah, so I've, I mean, I've owned it the entire time when it really shifted and changed though, for sure for me. And it was a pivotal point in just my journey, I will say, is when my mom moved away. So essentially, um, that was probably, gosh, that was probably about seven years ago. Um, She handed me this big binder Mm -hmm. with all of the information that I would need to run my business, which, you know, the accountant's name, Mm -hmm. the the number for the IRS, like all those crazy things uh, that I never dealt with. She handed me a binder and said, here you go. You, you got to handle it. Mm-hmm. Good luck. We have to move because my dad's job got transferred. Oh, so, okay. Yep. So that was a very pivotal year for me. That, um, I yeah. remember we were talking about that and that really affected you. Like, I mean, that's your mom, like your best friend, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then now having to run the business on your, on your own. Yeah, it was, um, it was a hard year. I mean, it was a really crazy year. That was the year I probably, um, where everything came crashing down for me, you know, mm-hmm. but also too, I was, that was happening in the background. Right. So I never showed mm-hmm. that to anybody. I would show up behind the chair with my clients and I would show up in the salon with my team with this big, huge smile on my face. Yet I was like breaking down and dying inside mm-hmm. in the background. Right. So as hair stylist, I think that we're really good at doing that. You know, mm-hmm. we're really good at putting that smile on and pretending like everything's okay because we're in the business of serving people, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, but we have struggles, right? And so yeah. this was one of mine. Um, and the reason it was so hard is because I went from being that rock star stylist behind the chair, being so busy, just like loving life, mm-hmm. like doing what I do behind the chair. And then all of a sudden now I'm not just a hairstylist, I'm a business owner, which, you know, I was quote unquote, always a business owner, mm-hmm. but my mom was doing a lot of those things for me, right? Mm-hmm. She was paying the bills. She was keeping track of the bank account. She was contacting, you know, the accountant and communicating with anybody that needed to, you know, I just didn't do that stuff. So then all of a sudden that was in my court to take care of. And so I had to really navigate that and it was really difficult. Um, How many hours were you working behind the chair during that time? Oh my gosh. Well, open to close every day. 
Yeah. Um, open to close every day that we were open. And we were open um, Tuesday through Saturday. So mm-hmm. five days a week. But I would spend 10, 12 hours, I mean, easily, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 10, 12 hour, hour days every day. Saturdays, I'd maybe get out of there around six. We closed at four. So I don't know if any hairstylist can out there can relate to that, where like I would be the stylist who would come in early for a client and stay late you know, mm-hmm. for a client, not just an hour, but like two hours, three mm-hmm. hours. So it would be yeah. nice. I'd be at the salon at 10 o'clock at night. You yeah. know, it was madness. It really, truly was. When did you realize that you needed to cut back working behind the chair? Um, so it was sort of like an unfolding. So I would say like that seven years ago was sort of that pivotal moment. Um, and I just specifically remember like this one day, coming home and I literally fell to my knees on my kitchen floor and I just sobbed. I was so overwhelmed. I had my son at that time. I was a single mom. So, you know, I just, I had so much on my plate. I had a team of people that I needed to keep intact, inspired, Mm -hmm. um, all of those things. And then obviously I had my clients to take care of. I had Mm -hmm. my son, I had my house and I just, I hit that moment where I really crashed and burned. I realized there had to be, um, something had to change, you know, something had to shift. Well, ironically enough, I go into my office and I'm, t- I'm not kidding you that day. It might've been the day later, you know, my office was a disaster. I had papers everywhere just cause my life was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And this paper falls out from my desk and it was a paper from a hair show that I had gone to the year previous. I don't know how it got in the shuffle of papers, but it did. It fell out onto the floor, literally without me barely touching my papers. And it was a paper for a company called Empowering You. And it's a consulting company um, for our industry. And I knew it was like a sign from God, pretty Mm -hmm. much like, here you go. This is the help that you need. And so then that's when I hired my first business coach. Okay. Yeah. And, and are they still around? They are. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely, um, I give so much, like, I mean, I'm a huge believer in coaches. I have a, I have a coach now. It's not like an industry or business coach. Like I, it's more of like a life coach. Um, oh, that's cool. But like in the past four years, I've had four coaches. So she was the first, um, mm-hmm. that was the first company that, that was my first experience hiring a coach. I didn't even know what to expect, but it was the best, most pivotal decision I ever made in my business. That's really cool. Truly. And then why did you switch to different coaches? Was it just to see different perspectives or maybe learning something else from another person? Yeah. So, you know, what I don't share on my podcast, cause it's definitely like industry related, but I would just say probably over the last six years, I've gone through like a huge journey of personal growth. Mm-hmm. And so what I believe is that these coaches, like truly every time I've, you know, signed up or hired a new coach, it's just truly been like, this person's just showed up into my life. That's cool. And I, you know, so I'm just a believer that whatever you need in the moment, in the season that you're in is what you're attracted to. And so when I was complete yeah. with the season of coaching around my business, you just know, you just know mm-hmm. when your time spent with your coach is complete. And, you know, for me, I had done the work. I mean, with my first coach, we really worked on, okay, 
um, what is your schedule going to be behind the chair and what is your schedule going to be in your business? Mm -hmm. Um, putting together a handbook, having structures and systems in the business, all of which I had none of these things, right? So I was operating in, in part of my uh, podcast and episodes, I say I was running on pure passion or like Mm -hmm. adrenaline really. That's how I ran the first half of my like business. The first six years was just on pure passion. Well, you, that's not sustainable, right? At some point you have to create structure in your business. So we're creatives. So a lot of the times I feel like we're whimsical and like creative and we're always in our work, but there's really this whole other side of your business that requires discipline and structure and like those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. which it was lacking. So yeah. So my coach really helped me just create that structure, create, um, some boundaries within my business as well. So like boundaries with my team, boundaries with my clients, boundaries with people in my life. Like there was so much, um, personal development. Like there was so much work I had to do on myself and on my business at that time. So I actually spent two years working with my business coach. Oh, that's really cool. Now were they, cause in Pennsylvania, it's commission only salons, right? Yeah. Um, it's traditionally, yes, it's always been. And it's still like, I mean, booth rental essentially Mm -hmm. is it's illegal in Pennsylvania, but what we're seeing now is a lot of like places like Sola salon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's not necessarily booth rental. Um, so we're seeing a little bit more of it pop up, but it's definitely not like California or wherever where most hairstylists are booth renters. Mm -hmm. So the business coaches that you were, you would talk with, Mm-hmm. they would help you with the whole commission structure, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, yeah. Everything from creating a commission structure. So one thing that was huge for my business that we worked on was a level system. Oh, so cool. creating a career path for my stylist. Cause I didn't really have that. It was just kind of like, we were just by the seat of our pants, like, okay, I guess we raise our prices now. And I guess we all have the same prices and just that kind of thing. I just had no idea. Like I'm a hairstylist, right? Like mm-hmm. I do great hair and I serve people well, but like beyond that, it was sort of like, I didn't take time to work on my business. I didn't take time to be the visionary of my business. Mm -hmm. So those were things I just never thought of. So yeah, like they helped me create a level system, which was amazing because that can then gave new stylists coming into my salon, a career path to follow. I think that that's great because I feel, uh, now would you get people or uh, stylists right out of beauty school? Cause you have an apprenticeship program, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that's really my favorite way of doing it. Just yeah. because, um, I love training from the ground up. That's really that's where cool. my passion lies, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love to, and, and I love the energy of a new bride. Uh, oh yeah. Grad. I love their energy. <laughs> yeah. Like I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so I love them. Like that's actually, I would go in and teach at beauty schools and, mm-hmm. um, connect with them. And, and so, and I would keep those relationships like open. And that's usually how I would say that's probably the majority of my team. They've been with me for, since they graduated beauty. That's school. awesome. Yeah. Who's your longest? It's your manager, right? Has been the longest one with um, you. Actually, I, one of my stylists, um, Angie, she's been with me for 10 years. That's so, awesome. Very cool. So she came in like three years after I opened. And so, yeah, she's been with me the longest. And I think um, my next one after her has been with me for eight years. My manager has been with me for seven. Um, 
and it's just like kind of progressively. So it's almost like I hire maybe one to two people per year and that's I just cool. train them really well, let them grow up in the salon. Mm-hmm. And that's been the system that's worked for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know not everybody does that, but it's, it's my favorite way of doing it is hiring right out of beauty school. But we've had a couple of stylists that have come from other salons mm-hmm. or we had a stylist who moved from California to, to Pennsylvania. Um, but it's just, it's, it's difficult on both people. Cause I think it's such a change and you're learning yeah. like, so, um, but I'm just open to anyone who's passionate. That's really cool. Yeah. And it sounds, do you have a pretty solid team then? Yeah. Like, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We have a great team. Um, I would say we just hired on a new assistant who's probably our newest one. She's only been there for maybe about a month, but, um, everybody else I feel like has been there for at least two years. That's really cool. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and it was funny because, you know, I'm still on this journey of possibly owning my own salon. We'll kind of mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's always out there. And I know that we were talking and I was telling you my vision. You're like, well, it kind of sounds like, you know, it almost would do well with a commission salon. I'm really not sure. I'm not sure right now. Yeah. Um, I have, and I think, you know, this, I have twin boys that are two and yes, yeah. And you know, I, before they were all active, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to open a salon. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is what I want. I'm going to do it. I want it now. And then now that they're more active, I'm like, I can't do it. It yeah. cannot happen right now. So right. And right. plus COVID and stuff like that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, you have to be aware of that of like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm such a, it's so hard cause you have to wait for the right time. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm also a believer in like, there's never a perfect time. Right. So you, it, there, there's a balance somewhere in there and, and I think you'll figure it out. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. so, so now you have, you have 10 stylists, right. And two mm-hmm. assistants. Mm-hmm. And the apprenticeship program is a 20 week program. Correct. Yes. And you have, how many managers do you have? So I have two managers. I have a, a, my, my manager, and then I have an assistant manager. Okay. And my assistant. So my manager is also a stylist Oh, cool. and my assistant manager is also, um, our receptionist and bridal coordinator. That's great. Uh, yeah. What do you guys specialize in? Do you guys have any specialties? Is it bridal hair or? Um, you know what? So I always tell people we're a haircut and hair color focused salon. And the reason I say that is because um, another just learning moment, something I went through is that at the beginning of my business, I, I had an employee who was amazing, right? Driven, motivated, all the good things, right? Um, I had this big space and there was really only like three of us. So, mm-hmm. and she was just like, had all of these ideas. We had all these rooms and she's like, well, we should do massage and we should do pedicures and we should do this. And I'm like, well, sure. We have the space to do it. Although those things are not my jam, right? Mm-hmm. Like I never really loved massage, you know, facials and all mm-hmm. that. Just not my thing. Um, and I let her do all those things. And what happened is the business became diluted. Mm. When I knew that is just the call. It was sort of confusing about what our company was, what our mm-hmm. business was. It was like a salon and spa, but like in the salon area, the music was upbeat and like fun. And that's more my vibe. And then we would have these spa rooms that were real quiet and like, you know, calm and relaxed, which is great. But it was just diluted is the only mm-hmm. word I can use to, but long story short, that stylist ended up leaving, which ended up being a huge whoop, which was difficult for me. It was the first time I ever had a walkout. Difficult. Ugh. 
Um, but it ended up being such a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. because truly I thought, of course, my business is going to close. Oh my God, this is terrible. And it actually ended up thriving. I got rid of all of that stuff mm-hmm. and we focused on cut and color, which is oh, what we cool. are passionate about, what we love. So the majority of our stylists, um, you know, we do a ton of like balayage. Like mm-hmm. I would say we have a couple blonding specialists. We have a curly hair specialist, but that's cool. when it comes to it, like it's just hair. We love hair, yeah. you know, so that's what we do. Can so. I ask uh, what your price point is? Sure. So we have the level system mm-hmm. um, and our prices range anywhere from, so we have our new stylists who come in and they charge $30 for a haircut, which, oh, okay. is, very, which is super affordable. Yeah. Um, it would be equivalent to what they could get going into say a super cuts. Mm-hmm. So we love that because it's a great way for our new stylist to build. You know, there's a price point that's like equivalent to where if somebody is not used to coming to a higher end salon, like they get a chance to experience that high yeah. experience oh, by paying cool. like a price that they could pay at say a super cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once once they come into the salon like that, they don't ever want to go back to like a super. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and then our haircuts range, um, up to, well now our curly hair specialist is charging like 150 for her. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And do you usually, so say for instance, you get a new, you know, a new stylist, they're charging $30. Do those clients eventually go up with them when they raise their prices or do the clients, some of the clients stay at the $30 price? Yeah. So that's the plan. But yeah, I mean, the plan is to get clients in your chair, get them to know, like, and trust you and they follow you. Right. So that's the plan. But does that always happen? No, because everybody's needs are different. And that's Mm -hmm. why I love the level system as well. Because for example, we have some of our girls who are in that like middle tier level and let's just say they moved up and their haircuts are $50 now. Um, there's some people who are just like, you know, it's just out of my budget, but they know everybody in the salon, they've seen people work in the salon Mm -hmm. and we are so, that's one thing I will say, our salon is, we do not say that's my client. That's my client. We don't Mm. fight over. I mean, everybody is everybody's client. Like, Mm -hmm. and I know that doesn't sound, it might be a little bit different, but it works really, really well. Um, for us, our stylists are busy. If, If they lose a client or two or three, even because their price went up, it's Mm -hmm. fine. Drop off to a stylist who charges less, which is fine with us. They're still in the Mm -hmm. salon and that opens up space for new clients that will come in and pay the new price. That's really cool. So, I mean, it sounds scary and and I've had stylists who are like, oh my God, I'm going to lose clients, but it always ends up working out amazing. Like, you know, it gives our clients choices. It gives our stylist room to grow and everybody's happy. That's really cool. Now you just recently, so your salon is in Greensburg. Mm-hmm. And your parents moved to, do they, they moved to Charlotte, right? Yeah. They moved to Charlotte, um, about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And then how long ago did you move there? So I just moved in yeah. August. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and for a while, the last time that I was, that I spoke with you, you eventually were slowly moving away from being behind the chair where you were only working one day a month, right? Yeah. Behind the mm-hmm. chair. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been thinking about doing this move to Charlotte? Um, you know, it's, I think it's been one of those, it's been like one of those heart things, right? It's mm-hmm. been in the back of my mind for several years, at least probably three. 
I would say, um, when I really just, it was really, so my parents moved and then my brother and his family moved down. And then my other brother and his family moved down the year after that. So literally it was like my whole entire family moved away from me and they were all down here. And for me, family is like a core value. Yeah. It's one of my core values. So I just felt as I, so that first year was really hard. Second year, I kind of got used to not having the family around third year. I was sort of like, oh man, like this sucks. I'm missing birthday parties. Mm -hmm. I'm missing holidays. I'm missing. And there just becomes this point where when you're living out of alignment or incongruent to your values, what your values Mm -hmm. are for so long, it starts to affect you. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. It can end up in like depression or just like, I found myself like going through these spurts where I would just like cry and be so sad, but I would have to pep talk myself into being happy and grateful and all of these things because I had so much to be grateful for. But when you violate your core values like that, it it comes to a head eventually. And so I had been wanting to for probably the last three years, but the struggle was, hello, I have a business. Mm -hmm. I have 12 people here in Pittsburgh, Greensburg, um, Pennsylvania, and I'm going to try and move seven hours away. Like how in the hell do you do that? How I I can't do that. I'm not that smart. I can't, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people do it. Um, I've seen people in other businesses like run businesses and they're living somewhere else. I don't know how to do it though. So I kind of sat in that space for a Mm -hmm. while, just being like, it's not possible. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. And it's almost like that stuck feeling. It's like, you have this desire that you want to do something. And then I feel like you are stuck for a while. And then the crazy part is something happens. Yeah. Something happens. So tell me, what was it? Like what made it happen? Well, so, I mean, I'm sure for probably a lot of people, it was 2020. I mean, this year changed everything for me. Like, you know, and you're so right. Like something just happens, like something and something has to trigger it. So yeah. it's like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to probably butcher this, but it's like, um, when the pain of staying the same is more painful than like taking the leap, essentially. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. That's not the quote, but, um, it's something like that. So it became more painful for me to, to stay than mm-hmm. to leave right? Then the fear to leave. So I was just like, I just hit the point where I was like, you know what? It's now or never. Like, yeah. cause my son was going into like fifth grade. So I had other things like my son was going into fifth grade. He's going into like, he would be going into middle school next year. I was like, there's no way I'm going to move him when he's in middle school. I was like, I have to do it now or never. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, I'm moving. I'm going to make it. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. And I'm fine either way. And I think that's the point that it has to get to mm-hmm. before you truly just take the leap of faith. Now, because I totally understand about when things are not aligning with your values. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm feeling like I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, with that feeling, could your stylist notice it? Cause you can only be chipper for so long, you know what yeah. I mean? And you're really positive. So I, it's not like doom and gloom showing up or I, I don't, I don't know if this sounds harsh or not harsh, but dumping problems where, you know, your stylists are like, okay, something's going on with her. Yeah. Could your stylist and your managers sense it? Yeah. Um, you know, that's really a, a great question. Um, I would love to talk to them now. 
um, and, and just ask them, but absolutely. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, one of my girls is super intuitive and I knew, like, I could tell like, she, like, cause she became more reserved and kind of guarded around me because I mm. don't think she felt safe. Right. Cause she yeah. was like, she knew something was off with me. So she almost became guarded with me. So, you know, I think that of course people could tell yeah. it. and like, you know, it's really funny because you're right. Like I, I, positivity is something I value very much too. And so I try and bring that to the table. I try mm-hmm. and bring light. I try and be, bring like light, love, positivity mm. to the table. I just feel like that's part of my calling. But, um, but man, when you're living outside of your values, I know when you are, when you are not in alignment, it messes you up. And yeah, there's only yeah. so long that you can bring, you're showing up at like, you know, 50% or 80% yeah. of yourself. Like, like you're like, there's a whole part of yourself that's like missing and not showing up to the table, you know? So, um, I'm sure they could probably sense it. It's not really actually a conversation we ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, at at some point I, I was very vulnerable and, and spilled my guts out to my, my manager, um, and told her everything. And it made a lot of sense. And I think after I, after I was able to get it off my chest, mm-hmm. then everything was great. Like everything started moving a lot quicker. And like, it's almost like that blockage that Mm -hmm. was like stopping everything, just like let loose. And I was able to sort of be myself, be more transparent, be more authentic. And, um, and yeah, I was able to operate a lot better. And I just think when you take care of yourself, it goes back to that whole self-care thing. It's like, when you take care of yourself and you're actually living your best life and living in alignment, you can then show up for others and it gives Mm -hmm. them permission to do the same. That's really cool. How, now, how was that conversation with everybody? Did you do like a group meeting, you know, saying, Hey guys, I appreciate you, but I, you know, this is important to me, but I'm still going to be here for you. Like, what was that like? Oh, it's like, I mean, um, was there crying involved? Yeah, no, I think it, there was lots, lots of yeah. shock involved. So yes, like on my end, yes, I'm a crier. Like, yeah, like, me like too, I, yeah. yeah, like I cry at commercials. I cry, like yeah. I cry all the time. Yeah. Well, it's like a normal occurrence. Like it's like a daily thing for me. Yeah. Every morning, night, whatever I cry. Um, mostly happy tears. But anyway, um, yeah, that meeting, it just, again, everything happens so fast. I'm telling you, Emily, like, it's like when you make a decision, everything happens fast. And that's how I knew it was part of God's plan for me, because I was just kind of like, you know what? I made that decision and it was just like, boom, 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 boom. I had so much, um, I just had so much faith at that moment. And mm-hmm. I was just able to stand up in front of my team and say, Hey guys, like, this is what's going on. I know 2020 has been crazy. And this, these are literally my words. I know 2020 has been crazy. I'm, a, I'm about to make it just a little bit more crazy on you guys because I'm moving to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, and they like some of their mouths dropped. I think in some of them, it was like fear. Like what the heck? are you doing yeah like, what are you doing you're moving like what is the salon closing I think yeah every, oh yeah yeah I think all those things were swirling around people's heads and it ended up being fine though like I think you know I kept that's one thing like I'm really good with checking in with people and seeing awesome. how they're doing and stuff so I, I had the meeting I got it out there half of the team was on a zoom the, the girls that weren't at the salon that day, we were, were on a Zoom call. Some of the girls were in the room and I just told everyone together. Some of them were like, oh my God, that's so exciting. And then some mm-hmm. were 
dumbfounded and some were scared. And yeah, that's me. I try, yeah, because I was like trying to balance all of those energies. Yeah. Too. As a yeah. leader, it's like here you are in this room, all of these different energies. So yeah, it was definitely interesting, but it was one of those moments where it's like, that's the kind of shit that holds people back though, right? Because mm-hmm. like that moment, I could have been so scared of that moment having to tell everybody that that could have held me back. But I just decided that my desire was stronger than anything that was going to mm-hmm. stand in my way. So I knew yeah. that I was just going to get in front of my team and do it. You know, like this is what it is and, and, and life changes and mm-hmm. people change and things shift and this is part of it. And I'm a definite uh, panic person because just recently the owner of 77 opened a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, so 77 salon in Hillsdale and when she told us, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> shutting down. Oh, are we shutting down in the Pearl? Oh my God. Like I just, I, I think I called her up. Like I got, we got a letter, you know, which is like, I, I do better with communication face to face. So that was yeah. one thing. That's just me. Most people and, do. I feel like well, yeah, I call her on the phone and I left her a message. Oh my God. Like what's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do like the fact that you, you talk to him in person. And then I also think it is really important to do check-ins. It's not like you need to solve a problem or hold people's hands, but they do want to know like, Hey, where's our leader. Right. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so important. And, and, and that's one too, like before I realized I was not showing up as a leader. Mm -hmm. I was so unhappy in my life. Mm -hmm that I was like, I'm not even here. Like, I might as well not even be here. I'm showing up half of the human that I am because I'm miserable. I'm not being a leader to them. So I'm actually probably a better leader now that I'm down here and with my family and and living in alignment and congruency with like what I want to create in my life, that I'm actually showing up better for them seven hours away than I was showing up in the salon every day when I lived there, mm-hmm. right? So, but that's one thing I will say. And that's one thing I've struggled with, to be honest with you, is authenticity and transparency with your team and communication. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like, because I'm sure your owner had probably been thinking about that for a long time. And yeah. I don't know who your audience is, if it's mostly hairstylist salon owners, but you know, one reason people don't communicate is and I would say probably the, the biggest reason is because of fear of yeah. how other people are going to react. So it actually holds us back. But what happens is that we're still going to continue and do what we want to do. We're just not going to tell people that. We're just not going to mm. communicate because we're yeah. afraid about how people will react to it. Well, that actually ends up so much worse <laughs> than yeah. if you would actually just be honest, open, transparent, authentic with people. Let them know where you're at, what you want, like why you're doing this you know, um, like for instance, like her creating that second location, like there has to be a reason, right? Mm-hmm. She probably values growth and she wants mm-hmm. to, you know, she wants her stylist to grow. She wants herself to grow personally, financially, all those things. Like those are things that you need to share with your team, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's always going to be better when you're open, honest, and transparent with them. Cause then they know they can trust you. Mm. You can't yeah. run around and make like quick moves like that. And I hate to say that. Cause like, that's sort of what I did, but not on purpose. Like I truly decided that I was going to move. And then we like moved like three weeks later, we were down here. So, so. Oh, oh, and then when you moved, you pretty much had a solid team, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're having a solid team. You have a level system. 
and it's commission. Mm-hmm. When did you start your podcast? Uh, so I started my podcast at the beginning of 2019. So oh, it was like, so I think cool. March or May of 2019. I think that's when I just discovered you too. Yeah. 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 So, oh my gosh. I like, don't even want to listen back to those first episodes. It's those are they were pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. You know, the podcast is really funny because at that time, I think I mentioned to you. So 2018, again, working with my business coach, realizing you're one person, you can't do it all. You can't right. work behind the chair and run the business. So I start cutting down a little bit behind a chair. At that time, I was taking off like one Saturday a month. And that felt mm-hmm. like Christmas day to me. I was like, oh, oh my awesome. God, one Saturday a month. Um, and then just progressively, I would cut down one more day or like a half day. Mm-hmm. And then I got to 2019 and um, that's when I drastically cut down my schedule. I think I was behind the chair two days a week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I really toward at the second half of 2019, it was like one Saturday a month, mm-hmm. maybe every other week. I really, really started to cut down a lot. Um, but what happened for me is that I kind of had this identity crisis that I was like, whoa, like, who am I? If I'm not like the rock star, like, you know, the, the rock star hairstylist behind the chair that everybody wants to get with. And I'm so, Mm -hmm. I'm so busy and I'm booked out for weeks and everybody loves me. Right. It was like this ego trip. Oh yeah. All all of a sudden I was like, oh, like I'm not a hairstylist. Like I'm not doing hair anymore. So what the hell am I doing? And I really missed what I missed is the creativity right? I wasn't, I didn't have my hands in hair every single day anymore. And I love that. So even though I still loved doing hair, I knew like time-wise, I just couldn't be behind the chair anymore. Mm-hmm. So then the podcast became sort of like almost like a little passion project. Like mm-hmm. it was my way of expressing myself. It was my way of kind of like, I always like to call it almost like this online journal of mm-hmm. oh, yeah. what, I was, yeah. what I was experiencing and what I was going through. And it was actually really therapeutic for me. Like those, That's especially cool. at the beginning, those episodes were pretty vulnerable. And um, so it, it's sort of like, yeah, that's how it started. And it's just sort of like evolved since then. And it's been really, really fun for me. Like that's I, really cool. I love doing the podcast. Yeah. And it was funny when I started messaging you on Facebook because I listened to, it was one of your last episodes that I really liked. I forgot which episode it was. And then you asked me how mine was doing. I'm like, well, I found out that I actually like to swear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's hard on the podcast. Like yeah. I, I drop a bomb every now and then. Like I, you know, but I'm usually pretty good on my podcast. But yeah, like when you're talking and being just in your space and authentic, yeah. your real personality comes out. But oh yeah, I'm, and I, I loved it that you gave me. It's like you allowed me permission. You're like, oh, that's great. You're just finding your voice. You know, it. lol. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because here's the thing, like. It takes all kinds. And this is um, when I stepped into the podcast space, what I started feeling is like, I would compare myself to people who I look up to, like Brit Siva, mm. love her, right? Heather Yurko, super, like love her. And I would, um, I would compare myself and be like, oh my God, like I am not as talented as them. I, they've been, they are so much more established than I am. I don't even know what I'm talking about. You know, that spiral that you go through mm-hmm. and you know, what I've come to know is that your tribe will find you. 
Mm, I love that. Follow like let's just say Brit Siva, for example, are probably not gonna be the people that follow me. And that's 100 percent cool because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of hairstylists and thousands and thousands of salon owners who need help, who need support. And there actually needs to be many of us. Mm -hmm. And you know, the people that will be attracted to me and maybe someone who's attracted to you and your F-bombs that you drop, like may not be the same people. And that's great. It's actually a really great thing. You don't want people following you where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells to please yeah. everybody. You want to be you and yeah. the right people will be attracted for sure. That Now, how many episodes do you have so far? God, so I just recorded, I think like my 40th episode that's great yeah and that yeah. was from 2019 you started right march yeah. you said mm -hmm. that's really awesome now have you noticed that your voice has changed over time and the direction of the podcast has changed um i yeah you know what um i feel like it has a little bit um because like i said at the beginning it for me it was like truly it was like the only place that i Felt like I could have a voice and speak because in my life, again, it was just, I was going through a lot of personal things. I was going through like a lot of things in the salon and I was just like, I think I was just going through a lot. So I just like word vomited, like on mm. a lot of those first episodes, it was a lot of like what I was going through personally, but I would try and relate it to our industry because mm -hmm. listen, when you're struggling, you're not the only person going mm -hmm. through that. And mm -hmm. what that became, I think that's what people were attracted to. Honestly, like at the beginning, I had people reaching out to me and they're like, Oh my God, thank you for saying that. Thank you for, you know, because we all struggle. We all go through mm -hmm. life. We, yes. We're all hairstylists, but at the end of the day, we're walking through this life. Yeah. Together. Yeah. So, that's really um, cool. So yeah, I, that's really what I love sharing. I love connecting with people on a real human level and like their life and everything like that. But also to what's involved and happen is as the followers, um, as I have more listeners reach out to me, they're struggling with certain particular things in the salon. So I try and do podcasts around some of the struggles that I hear hairstylists are having. Mm. So it's now, like sort of views of like personal development and life and life behind the chair and business. So, it's so I, I feel like that's actually, um, so owning your salon, getting the systems, then uh, inspiring others, you know, you're inspiring these fresh new stylists now having a podcast, inspiring a broader audience. Now that now you're getting into coaching, right? Mm -hmm. right? Right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Did you um, know that you wanted to be a coach? You were going to end up being a coach or it just worked out that way? No way. Like truly rewind like five years ago, I would have never imagined myself doing anything except being a hairstylist behind the chair, right? Mm -hmm. Like doing hair every single day. And that's a huge takeaway for me is that enjoy your seasons because you evolve as, as a human being. Like you evolve and you change and your interests change and things like that. So, you know, I working behind the chair as a hairstylist for those years was like the most beautiful, amazing season of my life. Mm -hmm. And then you just start to shift and change. And, and as I've been shifting and changing, it's evolved, you know? So That's no cool. coaching was never like, um, really on my radar. The first time I was introduced to it actually was with empowering you. And that mm -hmm. was in 2018. I had my own business coach. She was coaching me and, um, she saw something in me 
and created a program where she actually was hiring coaches because she, again, she's one person, she can only coach so many people. So she was actually hiring people, um, to, to be coaches. And so I actually worked for that company for just a short period of time, uh, coaching hairstylists. And that was my first dabbling in what coaching looked like and, and, and actually coaching salon owners. How Um, long ago was that? So that was in 2018. So that was about two years ago, but two and a half years ago. Um, I started doing a little bit of coaching with them, but that business and company is very much around structure. So Mm. empowering you, like, which is what I needed during that time of my life, like structure in my business, you know, structure in my life, boundaries, all those things. And they helped a lot, um, you know, tracking all my numbers and spreadsheets and all of that stuff. So what I found myself coaching salon owners on was like their profit and loss statement and like spreadsheets. And to be honest with you, that doesn't excite me. Like there's nothing. So I, I can dive into it. I think it's an important piece of the business, but it's not what I want to be coaching people on. Like it's Mm. just not my calling. Right. So, um, so that lasted just a short period of time, which was fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if something's not for you, don't stay in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, I could have stayed in that forever, but I, I knew right away, I was like, eh, this isn't it. So I actually stepped down from that, took a little break, worked on my podcast, worked on structuring my, my own business that dove into really spending a lot of time with my team and growing my culture and all those things, um, started the podcast. And then I just have people who connect with the information. And since then I've had people reach out and, um, that's when I really started doing some coaching. That's so, great. Yeah. Can you tell me about your program? Like what the coaching entails? Yeah. So what I work with hairstylists on is, um, pretty much what I cover in, I believe it's episode nine, which is, um, the five pillars of the in-demand hairstylist. And basically what we cover is, you know, how are you being behind the chair? Mm. And so a lot of it is like, we, we go over like one of the pillars is professionalism. One of the pillars is emotional intelligence. Um, you know, and so we go over these different areas of your business behind the chair and really it's a, it's a program that I walk them through, not a program, but like we kind of touch base on a lot of personal development. It's a lot of like growing and developing yourself so that Mm -hmm. you can then, you know, translate that behind the chair. And, um, so it's all about becoming successful behind the chair. And And when, when you work on yourself, uh, you'd be so surprised when you work on yourself and you make the adjustments and the changes, everything else gets better, right? Yes. Money starts flowing. Clients start. Oh yeah. Like all of those things start happening, but it first starts with you. Oh yeah. And I think honestly, people really need that right now. I know Mm -hmm. I, for myself, I think it's been probably about a month and a really close friend of mine who's a stylist I work with at 77. This has been my lowest low for a long, a longer period of time than normal. And mm-hmm. she's a really awesome person. And I feel like I'm just trying to figure stuff out, but I need a little help. So actually I might just take you up on that. Yeah. Oh my God, absolutely. Yeah. Because sure. what I realized through this whole pandemic the most important for me, most important thing for me is community connection, mm-hmm. you know, the feeling of being valued or, and even noticed, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, so important, so, mm-hmm. you know, people are just like floundering around trying to figure out, 
if you don't have like a strong leader or somebody that has your back, you're just like, what, what's going on? You know? Yeah. Um, but what was cool in the positive aspect of it is I started the podcast during the pandemic. And so it's been really awesome making connections like interviewing you and interviewing several other powerful mm -hmm. like human beings, you know, and it's been great. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what people need right now is that stability and community. Yeah. Oh my gosh. More important than ever, more important than ever. And, you know, I don't know, that probably means something a little bit different to everybody. But mm -hmm. what I will say is that's one huge blessing from 2020 is that like, holy crap, like, I think people have reached out in a whole lot of different ways, like, right? Podcasts, like you're meeting mm -hmm. people, you're in Oregon, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, or across the country. I know, I, like, you I know, think, gosh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's really, it's really actually a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, so like we would have never met, <laughs> right? So it's this sense of community that like, Hey, like, you know, I have this stylist friend in North Carolina. Oh, I have this stylist friend in Oregon. It's just a, it's just this level of community that's outside of your salon. Now, mm -hmm. you know, um, of course in the salon, everybody's going through life right now. Oh, right? totally. Yep. I think everybody's handling it differently. Um, and that's just, that's just tough right now. I just think mm -hmm. it's really one of those places you have to have grace for people. You have to have grace for yourself. Yeah. Um, you have to show up as your best self. You everyone needs to commit to showing up mm -hmm. as your best self, whatever that is. If that's 80% of what you normally give, but that's the best you have for that day, like just show up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, community is so, so important. So important. So now with, oh man, are you excited for 2021? Oh, I am like, I'm so amped. Like, I love it. I am so excited for 2021. Um, honestly, I'm excited for 2020. I am so excited for this last month of 2020. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I think this move and, and you had asked me like, what is like, what's your biggest success? I just think like, I, I shocked myself this year and mm -hmm. I'm on cloud nine and I'm just in this place where I'm like, I'm ready to go. I am ready to elevate people. I am ready to inspire people. Mm -hmm. I am ready to like uplift the people around me because That's awesome. I just think it's going to be a beautiful thing. There's 2020 was so hard. It was so divided. You can say that it's still that way. I just, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe like, maybe I'm crazy, but I just see a better, a better world. I, I just think see that's great. World. I see a better direction for people. I think I see things shifting, changing. I see creative people doing really cool things. And so I'm really excited for 2021. I, I you know, it's so funny, which I absolutely love how inspiring you are very inspiring. I was talking to my friend Georgie and, you know, tying along with my F bombs, she's yeah. like, you should do like a holiday special, holiday special F 2020. <laughs> Can you please do it? I'll listen. I will really? be like, okay. I'll be, oh I my mean, God, absolutely. Please do I, it. I have a, I'm writing it up right now and just. Yeah. No. Oh my God. Just move over, you know, mm -hmm. just move over. 2021 yep. is going to take care of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I'm 100% agree. Yeah. I think you should do it. So now, um, so when, of course your biggest move 
to um, Charlotte was your family. How's that going? Amazing. So good. Is your son? Is your son happy to be closer to family now too? Yeah. Yeah. No, he loves it. So like my brother's down here, he has four kids. So like, yeah, my, 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 all my nieces and nephews are within like a couple of years of my son. So like they, like we have like my son's over at his cousins right now. They had a sleepover last night. Like, um, I, I took my niece out for her birthday and we went shopping and got pedicures. Like, you know, I, I'm doing the things that feel in alignment oh. and it's not necessarily hustling and grinding. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's not living. Like, it's not like hustle. Grind. It's like, but I'm doing what's in alignment for me. Okay. And I'm so joyful. I'm so joyful. I can't even tell you like going over to my parents' house. So my parents are in their sixties, so they're not getting any younger. I mean, they're in great shape, but I like, you know, get to go over and have coffee with them. And I freaking love it. Like, it's so awesome. And I'm just so grateful that I get to have this time Mm -hmm. with them. And I get to enjoy my family and my nieces and nephews when they're little. And so this is like the most important thing to me. So that's going really, really great. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. And so goal for 2021. What is that? Yeah. So 2021, I've spent a lot of time in thought around this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I spent the last 18 years, and when I say it was like hustling and grinding, I mean more than hustling and grinding mm-hmm. to the point where, and I think that's necessary. I'm so thankful for that season. But um, 2020 was a wake up call for me. And it's really like for me, when I think about the words to describe 2021, what I want, it's, it's just legacy and impact. Mm. And those are the words that I chase after now. So it's not just like, it's not just success. It's not like money, right? For me, it's Mm -hmm. impact and legacy. So I will, I can promise you, I will only be spending my time on things that are going to create impact and Mm. legacy. That's awesome. Because tomorrow's not promised for anybody. And so this life is short and I, I plan on just, that's the direction. That's, that's just the direction of my life right now. So, um, so yeah, so I have been working on forever a course, the in-demand hairstylist, an online e-course. Yeah. Okay. That I've started and stopped and started and stopped. And then 2020 happened and then all of those things. So for 2021, that's really my goal is to have that online e-course out. So for people who are maybe not ready for one-on-one coaching, they'll have that um, option. So it's going to get out into the world and and, um, impact people that way and impact our industry in in a big way, I think. So that's one of my goals. Another goal of mine now is, um, I wouldn't mind eventually coaching salon owners That's so cool. that they can create the same sort of structure that I was able to create and um, the freedom now that I've actually been able to have in my life, which I never imagined would ever be possible as a salon owner. That's so awesome. at some point that may be in the, in the works. Um, so that's, I, I think sort of professionally, um, that's what I'm going to continue working on. And then in my business, you know, I, I want to just continue to, this has been really cool and a new experience running my business virtually from seven mm-hmm. hours away. And I'm having so much fun. Like, I'm great. having so much fun with that. So I just want to continue to strengthen the business that way. And of course, um, create ways for my stylist to continue to grow. I love mm. playing around with different ways of 
you know, helping them live their best life, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. So um, just continuing to create a career path for them for like success and abundance in their life. Um, and then personally, honestly, like I really want to enjoy my time. So like I said, I, I actually want to work less. Mm-hmm. And when I do work, I want it to be like 110% mm-hmm. yeah. like laser focused so that whatever I'm spending my time on is going out into the world and creating impact and legacy. That's great. Are you, oh, just really quick. So the virtual, are you Mm -hmm. checking in with the stylist as well? Yeah. So, um, actually I, so I meet on a zoom call, um, Mm -hmm. twice a week with both my managers and that's been really great. So then they're my hands and feet and they go out to the team and just share what I've what they're learning right now, actually with them, we're doing like a little book club and I'm reading, um, I'm reading a book with them. That's all about personal development so that they can become strong leaders, um, and, and, and lead the team to become mm-hmm. leaders as well. So we're doing like a book club. And then I also just coach them around just normal stuff that's going on in the salon and everything. And then as far as my team, I try and check in with them actually personally, like through text messages and things like that throughout like the week or whatever. Um, but also we use a communication uh, tool called Slack. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, basically it's like this online it's it's a tool that you can use to communicate with your team and we have different chats going on so i'm able to stay connected with my team weekly i know everything that's going on there um and you know i we all keep uh, engaged and connected that way as well so that's it's great. been really cool it's been really cool and then i go up and make monthly visits so mm-hmm. that's been something too where it's so nice like after connecting virtually with people for so long it's so nice to go up and like see them in person which oh, is yeah. that's been you know uh, once a month I've been going up and doing that. Now, do you just pop in at the salon and hang out there or do you guys plan anything like a, well, I guess you can't really plan a gathering or anything. So, yeah. So that's been the interesting thing like now. Cause yeah, like I would say typically if I was, if I would have done this three years ago, heck yeah. Like that's probably what I would have done. Like team night out or something mm-hmm. like that, where it's just like sort of, um, you know, connecting and, and hanging out kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's been weird. Like I, I pretty much just go up to the salon and I hang out, but for me, that's awesome. Like that's I'm still cool. able to connect with them. I'm still able to see what's going on in their lives and, you know, see what they're up to. And, um, and then also we can work and hash out anything that needs done for the salon while I'm there too. That's so. great. Yeah. I'm thank you so much for being on the show. And actually, I'll probably do one more episode at the end of this year, my personal episode, but I am so glad that I get to close this year with you. Like, this is what I needed. Oh my gosh. Good. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad. I'm glad it was helpful for you. Oh yeah, totally. And I'm sure, um, I think majority of my, my audience is hairdressers. I do have some clients that listen to it as well, but I, I feel like you're very inspiring. I hope that the people listening check out so check out the podcast in demand hairstylist in demand the podcast is in demand hairstylist yep and And then can they contact you or where else can they find you online sure so my instagram is Kristen contempo um that's the name of my salon contempo artistry so it's Kristen contempo it's en not in um so that's me on instagram and then on facebook um the best place to connect is in the in demand hairstylist private facebook group So they can search that and and become part of the group. So yeah, those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. 
And will you, and I forgot to actually, I forgot to tell you this. Can you please stay on before I stop recording? Like, yes. Okay. <laughs> I've done yes, that before where I'm like, all right, see you later. Bye. And then they just hang up and I'm like, yeah. shoot, like, no, I need to, I want to say bye to you. Like, off yeah, air. for real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Yes, of course. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye. So did you guys listen to that? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I did the interview with her last month and I thought it'd be a really great way to close the show for the end of the year. But I mean, she's so freaking positive and I just love the fact that I feel that Kristen has strong leadership skills and I honestly learned a lot just talking to her as well as messaging her. And so that's why I wanted to have her as my first guest for the show for this year. So you guys, welcome to 2021. I think this year is gonna be a really great year. It's gonna be still pretty tough, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. If you, like we said before, if you wanna learn more about Kristen, check out her podcast, In Demand Hairstylist, as well as her private group, In Demand Hairstylist. And she is an open book, very friendly and personal. So if you have any questions, just reach out to her. Well, that's it for now. This is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, AKA Portland Hairstylist. Show written by Emily Mazur, sponsored by Ziba Hub. Ziba Hub, a career app where you can find jobs, explore events, and build community. And editing by 127 Media House.